All right, that's right. It is time for another episode of Restoring Your Voice. I'm so glad that you could tune in. Uh, so today I'm going to cover a topic about justification and sanctification. Uh, what does it mean when we sin? doesn't mean we're still sinners. What does the Bible have to say about all of this? And maybe we will get into a view, what did Luther have to say about all this? So with that, stay tuned. Restoring Your Voice, with me, your host, I'm going to help you use your God-given voice. I'm going to equip you for the good works of Jesus and prepare you for the return of Jesus. I'm going to do this through hitting up hot biblical topics, problem areas in the body of Christ, in the charismatic, in other areas of the body of Christ, in an attempt to help bring clarification Purity, consecration, in love and patience as the Bible commands. I'm going to have special guests on that are going to equip you and edify you through their stories that give God the glory where you'll get different viewpoints and different areas because we're all one body and we all have a piece of the puzzle to share with one another. So I look forward to you watching, listening, and interacting Alrighty then, welcome once again. Hey, it doesn't matter when you're watching live or you're watching the replay. I'm going to ask one thing first is to like and to share it. Well, I guess that's uh, two things, but hey, yeah, like and share this. All right. Also, hey, if, if this is a blessing to you, would you consider please uh, donating any amount? Three ways in the description that you can give. Uh, Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, your choice. Hey, whatever works for you. If you're unable to give through any of those amounts, uh, maybe you're watching from overseas, let me know and we can work something out. We would appreciate any amount that you can give. This stuff is not free. Uh, so thanks. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Uh, oh, by the way, I got some really, uh, if, if you're uh, on YouTube, if you're watching this from YouTube or head on to more over to the YouTube channel if you have not. But uh, I got some guests in the queue. Uh, two guests coming up, one for tomorrow, one for next week. You're going to be blessed by both of these. Uh, I wrapped up another interview just this weekend with uh, an independent fundamentalist Baptist. So what is that all about? Well, you're going to have to tune in. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when that when that's going to air just yet. might be in a few weeks, might be less. But you're only going to know if you subscribe, so hit that subscribe button. All right, so with that out of the way, uh, today... We're going to cover uh, justification, sanctification. And the whole point of this is that I want you to be assured of your identity in Christ. I want you to be assured of who Christ says about you if, by the way, you've made the choice and you follow Christ. All right. If if you've done that, I want, I want you to be assured. And, and if you haven't, then I hope you uh, stay with me. And this will hopefully encourage you to make that decision, that very life-changing life-altering decision for Jesus Christ. Um, and the reason is because we have some, I believe, wrong views. I don't, I'm not going to say necessarily false. Um, false would be like a false gospel or false doctrine. I'll say a wrong view. And there's, you know, different reasons why uh, I believe a lot of these wrong views of uh, we're still sinners uh, came about uh, during the medieval slash Middle Ages period. Uh, very dark time, and I believe uh, people's 
some people's theology was was shaped by that time period. Um, not everybody, and you're going to see that today. I'm going to I'm going to uh, pull up a quote from Luther to, uh, from a sermon he did, uh, uh, and he from Hebrews chapter nine, I believe. Uh, it's in my notes, but and why I believe this is essential first and foremost is because if we don't see ourselves as the way God sees us, if we don't see ourselves as justified, uh, a saint, then we're not going to get the rest of Christianity right. We're, we're not going to get the Bible correct. We're not going to get the heart of the Father correct. We're not going to get a view of Jesus correct. And therefore, we're not going to live it out fully uh, as God intends us to. Because let's, let's just stay off, start off right off the bat that we are saints. If we are washed by the blood of Jesus, if we have been forgiven, then that is called justification. Now, however, however, if we sin, by the way, that doesn't make us a sinner. That's called sanctification. That means God still has a process to do in us, uh, a lifelong process. And, and we indeed are going to sin at times. And that's okay. Not excusing the sin, but I'm saying it's okay to realize that, hey, you know what? God still has a work to do in me, and and I need to realize that. And then, so when I do fall short, when I do mess up, I you know you need to be able to say to yourself, you know what? That just means I need to fall into the loving hands of God. I need to repent of it and let Him do His work in me. By the way, repentance is not a dirty word. Okay, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that only brings us closer to God. But um, the first text I'm going to read from is from. First John chapter two, uh, starting in verse one, uh, going to verse two, and the whole thing, this, this whole message or show today, kind of hangs off of this one thing. All right, we'll, we're, we're going to use others, uh, but let me read first. It says, "My little children, I am writing these things to you, so that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one." He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Yes, the entire world. Humanity, it's in in its entirety. Okay, so I I like here how John is talking about, um, he's making the point, okay? All right, so you don't do it, but if you do sin. So he's not, no, he doesn't normalize. He doesn't say when you sin. In other words, uh, you're a sinner. So he's uh, trying to identify us as a sinner. No, he, he's writing, I believe, to saints, right? This this epistle from, from John, uh, he, he's writing to us in this, uh, making the point. And that, you know what? When we do sin, if we do, right? Don't worry. He says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So clearly... This happens, right? Then guess what? Be assured. I want you, that's what I want to get across to you today more than anything else is this assurance. This assurance that, that Jesus Christ is more than enough. He is our high priest, okay? He is our atoning sacrifice for our sins, okay? And and his work is complete. He washes us completely from all sins. Let me tell you what, Jesus Christ is not gonna call you something when if he's forgiven you of it. All right, let me make that abundantly clear. Maybe you didn't get what I just said. Jesus Christ is never going to call you something he's forgiven you of. The very thing he's cleansed you of. All right. 
redeemed you from. He is never going to call identify you by your past ever again. Ever again. Period. All right. We were sinners, but now we're saints. Being a sinner is our past. Okay. It's it's our past mentality. It's our past when we were controlled by that flesh once upon a time, right? Before we crucified our flesh with its lusts and desires, as Paul tells us. All right. Before we, we were dead and buried with Christ and resurrected again to life with him. Okay. The the old man is, is gone. All right. Now, now just to give you some ideas that um, a lot of times people take things out of context, right? I, let me just make this point again. Never just take one scripture by itself. All right. Always read the scriptures preceding th that scripture and the ones come after that. Okay, always do that. That's just plain good hermeneutics, plain good Bible interpretation. All right, never take a scripture by itself and just run with it. So, so here, here's what here's um one I want to highlight in the previous chapter. Now, now let me just say this that that when the Bible was written, there was no verse, there was no chapter. Okay, this didn't come up come about until about 1150. Or no, man, I got that wrong. 15, not 1150, 1511, right around then. Um, so the 16th century. Uh, so, so what, why would I say that? Because much of what we read as, as chapter is actually one continuous thought. All right. It's, that, that's, it was written in letter format. So, so it's one continuous theme, right? Kind of like when we read Romans, right? And, and those of you fellow pastors out there who like to skip over Romans nine through 11, let me guess, right? So you skip over that. Then you miss the whole gospel message, right? Because nine Romans nine through eleven uh, is the Jews, and and Paul has written this this uh, letter to to the uh, believers in Rome to to get this thread of salvation. See what I'm saying? So when you skip over stuff, when you fail to read things, right? Taking this example of, of the book of Romans being one continuous letter that the Jews, by the way, are essential and part of the redemption. By the way, so. Didn't know you were going to get a lesson today, did you, in this? Anyway, so what I'm talking about, this passage taken out of context is to say that we are sinners. And it's the passages that are prior to this one. Well, one specifically. But I'm going to read the whole thing to you. I'm going to read to you 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us, right? Now, people like to stop there. This, this is that one that says, whoa, no, 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 the Bible says that we have sin. That we shouldn't deceive ourselves, so therefore we're sinners. Yeah, if you just want to take that one scripture and, and highlight it and make it the truth. But what does this say after that? It says, confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Absolutely true. So if we say... We have no sin. We know the Bible says, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then, then we're lying. Absolutely. But what does it say in between those two things? It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Period. Cleansing is cleansing, okay? This isn't like, man, I'm going to rinse that cup out that's on my desk. I'm not sure if it's going to be clean enough. But I don't feel like washing it out. No, we're talking purely cleanse. Made new, made whole. And the only possible way that the blood of Jesus can do it completely. Okay, I want, I want to get that across to you. I want to get out to you the completeness of that. Okay, because it says, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
All means all. I just mean, well, there's this little bit we haven't been cleansed from. No, no, I'm, this is justification we're talking about. When we confess our sins, we are justified, completely cleansing and washing of the blood of Jesus upon our lives. I want you to get that. All right. You need to get that in you today. Um, because, like I said, this is essential. This is a thought process throughout the, uh, the, that, the first epistle of John. All right, this is this is a central theme of forgiveness of sins. What it means, what it doesn't mean, uh, things like that. What what it means to be a saint. That the identifiers between saint and sinner. All right, uh, John is constantly making these, these dichotomies throughout his entire his entire epistle. Right, uh, for instance, he says, if if we um, hate our brother, the love of God is not in us. For instance, right. So if we say it, or if any man. Uh, or they're, they're calls of people a liar, right? If, if a man says he loves God but hates his brother, then he is a liar. The love of God is not in him. Dichotomies, okay? But I want you to get this in you today. I, I want you to get be assured of your identity, okay? Why? I, um, here in Hebrews ten fourteen, um, is is uh, see where to go? Did I not put it in my no notes? Oh yeah, yeah. Here it is. Sorry. So so here's a, a you might, if you've studied your Bible, you know where I'm going with this. But this, when we look at this text in Hebrews 10, 14, we, we kind of, it's kind of a head scratcher, right? If you don't really think it through. It says, for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. Right? You read it and you're like, wait a minute, he perfected, but who are made holy? I don't get that. that that's weird. Am I perfected or am I being made holy? Which one is it, right? It's just like a dichotomy. I'm reading, by the way, that's from the NET. Um, like, like it's it could be very confusing. I don't get it. No, it's both. It's not one or the other. One is talking justification. One is talking sanctification, right? Some translations will say being made holy or or being sanctified, uh, and 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 we come from the Greek. That comes from the Greek word um, hagia men hagia menis hagia menis. There we go. Hagia menis. All right, Hagia being the root word there, meaning holy or saint, by the way. Um, and, and the definition of this Greek word is, I want you to pay attention to this, is to render or acknowledge or to be venerable or hallow, right? Kind of like hallow would be your name. Uh, to separate pro from profane things and dedicate to God. Consecrate things to God. Dedicate people to God. Pure, to purify, to cleanse externally. To purify by expiation. Free from the guilt of sin. Did you catch that? Free from the guilt of sin. Or or I believe this is the definition that really applies here, is to purify internally by renewing of the soul. And so that's a continuous act. To purify internally by renewing of the soul. Okay? And we know that Paul writes about this elsewhere, right? To be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yes, mind and the soul uh, in Greek thinking, and this was written in Greek, by the way, it's considered the exact same thing. They were interchangeable. So to say mind, heart, and soul uh, were considered interchangeable terms to basically talk about the way a man thought. Okay, a person thinks. So heart, right? I mean, we know that Jesus talks about the heart, right? Uh, what comes out of the heart, what, what we think in our heart comes out of our mouth. Uh, so, so this is what it means. So 
so you need to get this, uh, that you are uh, being purified internally, continual process. But that does not negate the process, negate the fact that you have been justified, that I have been justified. Every, every uh, knee that bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord is justified. Okay, that justification doesn't get nullified, by the way, just because we need to be sanctified. Amen. Just because we may mess up from time to time. Sometimes it's a major oops, right? Sometimes it is, you know, like, for instance, is I don't know how they ever got a speeding ticket. Right. That was probably a major oops. Maybe it was quite a fine. Maybe it was quite points off your license. I don't know. But it's kind of a major oops. But that doesn't nullify that you're still justified. It means you made a big oops, all right? Not to downplay sin, but you, you made a big oops, but that just means you need to be sanctified. All right, we, we could use plenty of examples of the need for sanctification, all right? Um, but I'm going to read to you a section uh, from Martin Luther's sermon on Hebrews 9. Um, let me see if I got the title here. It's called, oh uh, yeah. So, so Martin Luther's sermon uh, is called Christ, our great high priest. All right. I read through the entire sermon. Uh, I urge you to read it for yourself. Uh, if you're wondering where, where, where do I get these sermons? Blue letter Bible, blue letter Bible. Go, go check out their website. They got a whole bu bunch of commentaries. This, this is how I found it, by the way, was trying to look up free commentaries. Till I get my tax refund money and I can get some more commentaries other than the ones I already have. Um, anyway, so this is uh, his excerpt that I'm going to read from, from that sermon that he wrote. And it's from Hebrews 9.11. It says, but Christ, when he came as a high priest of the good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, which not made with hands, this is to say not of this creation. That's Hebrews 9.11. All right. So, so what does that mean? Well, I believe that here that that Luther does a a wonderful job of unpacking this. I absolutely believe it. Okay, this is what Luther is saying here. Uh, the bless Martin Luther, by the way, uh, the blessings wrought by him are not temporal, uh, a merely formal pardon, but the blessings to come, namely blessings which are spiritual and eternal. Paul speaks of them as blessings to come. Right, I, I'm guessing that Luther here attributes uh, Hebrews to Paul. I, I would too. I just know hard proof, but I would attribute it to Paul just from the writing style and the tone. Anyway, uh, not that we are to wait, uh, or not that we are to await the life to come before we can have forgiveness. Pause. Let me unpack that now. Let, now that Luther unpacked it, let me unpack what Luther unpacked. All right. So now we have forgiveness now. Okay. We're not sinners now. Okay. Sinners have no forgiveness. Sinners have yet to be forgiven. Sinners have yet to call upon the name of Jesus. Sinners have yet to repent and believe of their sins. They, 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 they don't repent of their sins yet. Sinners are outside the body of Christ. Sinners are not getting into heaven. Sinners are on their way to, a, to an eternal hell. That's sinners. However, a saint is forgiven now in this life, not the next to come. Now in this life. Now, now, I know that, that Luther was coming against um, a lot of the false beliefs that the Roman Catholic Church had back in that day, but the point still stands. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh, and all the blessings of divine grace. But because we now possess them only in faith, 
They are as yet hidden to be revealed in the future life. Again, the blessings we have in Christ were, from the standpoint of the Old Testament priesthood, blessings to come, right? So this is a a has happened and has yet to happen scenario, I fully believe. A, a has happened and has yet to happen. In other words, we've been forgiven now. We've been justified now. All right, but we still have to be sanctified. And then one day when we get to heaven, we will have perfect sanctification, right? Because we will no longer be controlled by any type of sin or temptation anymore. One day. All right, but that does not negate. Just because the fullness hasn't happened yet, it does not negate the fact that we have truly been fully forgiven now. And every time we make a choice to sin, Guess what? When we come to Christ and we repent of our sins and we ask the Father to forgive us in Jesus' name, that high priest that we have, all right, after the order of Melchizedek, perfectly, 100%, we are forgiven. All right, God only knows the mediator we have. That's what he looks at. We come before him. Did you come before the high priest yet? Oh, yes, I did, Dad. Yes, I did. Absolutely did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then you're forgiven. Come on, come on up. You're good to go. I know that's a bit of a simplified statement, but I like to keep things simple as well. Um, so, yeah, you, you get what I'm getting at here? Huh? Can you smell what the rock is cooking? I got the people's eyebrow. Anyway, uh, if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably like, what in the world? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we need to get this, okay? It's it's so wrong when we when we have a wrong identity when we don't realize or or we hold um, our past against ourselves, right? We're 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 some. Let's just face it. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies, right? We're the ones that need to forgive ourselves. We need to realize Christ has already forgiven us. All right, we we've been made right with God. All right, there's no works that's going to make us right with God. There's no amount of more doing more of something or or less than something that's going to make us any more right with God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because we're there. We didn't do it. What was accomplished for us was something we could have never accomplished in and of ourselves. And what was done for us, by the way, is of no work that we can attribute to ourselves. Not even the fact of believing, by the way, because that's how awesome God is. Right, that in our total depravity, and I'm going to do a show about total depravity soon. Uh, we couldn't even love God; we hated God in our heart of hearts, whether we want to admit it or not. We hated God, Amen. But because of the work, finished work of Christ on the cross, God gave us the grace to believe in the first place. And then when we made that choice to believe, we were forgiven. Period. The end. Let me highlight this too, by the way. And I'm going to read soon from, um, uh, let's see, where am I going next? Second Corinthians. Because I want you to, this is going to perfectly highlight, by the way, how God sees us. But even when Paul was writing to different churches, right, he writes to the saints. Notice that, by the way, whether he's rebuking the church in Galatia, right, for, 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 for letting in the false doctrine of the Judaizers among them, whether he's writing to the church in Corinth, right, who had uh, some dude having sex with his mother-in-law and more going on, 
right? Who, whom he rebuked, by the way, for being immature and still being on milk. In other words, even after that, he still says to the saints. So, so, so there was rampant sin going in, right? Now, rem now remember, in the Bible, right, we are all one body. Paul writes that. He makes it abundantly clear. He said, when one rejoices, all rejoice. When one grieves, we all grieve. Okay? That means if, if we have a local body that is filled with sin, we're all grieving over it. All right? We're, we're all, we may not identify um, as a sinner, but we still grieve over the sin. I believe that's why Paul was making this point, and he still addressed them as saints, because obviously there were saints in the midst. Were some of them part and parcel to this? Yeah. Yeah, that's a logical assumption, since they let it happen in their midst, but he still writes to them as saints. So if you see yourself as a sinner still, that should blow your mind right now, and that should give you a hope right now. And I pray this is breaking shackles off of people. I pray that this is breaking uh, a shame and guilt and condemnation off of everybody listening to this. Because that's my hope today, is to encourage you, amen? But we can't be encouraged if we see God, if we don't see the forgiveness of God in our lives as 100% complete and total, which we have to get a correct view. We may wrestle with things, okay? And that's okay. Let me just make that abundantly clear. To wrestle with something is okay. To, to think over, man, but I did this. I don't, I don't understand how God can see me as different. And that's okay because we're human. Okay, we have a very finite mind. All right, we have a very finite way of thinking. But let's be careful not to apply that finite way of thinking onto an infinite, okay? I mean, literally, this, this, let me, this, this has relevance, by the way. God, by the way, you know, we have to go to school to learn stuff. You know, whatever it is that we want to learn. Never mind things like uh, nuclear fission, uh, which happens in the sun, by the way, or, you know, uh, theoretical physicists or uh, astrophysicists or something like that, astronomy, all of that. You know that? God knows all of that at the same time. He has perfect knowledge of that all, of all of that. Things we can't even wrap our mind. Things that people are still theorizing about, God knows it perfectly. Perfectly, in, a, in an instant, just, just to give you an idea. Because we often put our very finite human minds onto an infinite God and say, I don't see how that can be. But we got to be careful not to do that because we may run into the issue of playing God when we do that. And God doesn't, we need to realize that, that sometimes we just take things on faith. Remember, faith is not seeing as believing. It's the opposite, right? Faith is seeing, or I'm sorry, not seeing is believing. We don't, we just have to understand and take on faith what the Word of God says about it. If, did we follow through with that? Did we repent? Did we ask for forgiveness? Did we make right with who we had to make right with? Did we make reparations when appropriate? Okay, check, I'm forgiven. Because that's what the Bible tells me. The Bible doesn't tell me anything else that I need to know about that. It tells me I'm forgiven. When I obey the words of Jesus, I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. Everybody who does it is forgiven regardless of the sin that they ever committed. 
Think about it for a second. Son of Sam, serial killer, became a born-again Christian. Think about that for a second. Let that blow your mind, right? How about this? Paul. Paul. Responsible, responsible for the killing and murder of, of Jewish believers. Jewish believers in Jesus, he was responsible. Yet he became, you know, I had no argument with no no argument with it. Right? People say he is the greatest apostle. Yeah, absolutely, positively, lutely. And yet, and yet he was a murderer. You don't believe me? Why do you think he was on the road to Damascus? He asked him to let him go to Damascus to persecute his fellow believers. Check that out. Well, not at the time, fellow believers, but to persecute believers, those who would eventually thank God become his fellow believers. Let that blow your mind. He was used mightily of God. Check that out. Let, let's let, let that sink in. And so this is Paul writing in 2 Corinthians now, right? He had already lambasted, for their, uh, lambasted them for their sin. Okay, he'd already done that. Now, the follow-up letter, the follow-up epistle, 2 Corinthians, right? Uh, normally, I would read only from verse 17, but let me, let me read from what I'm going to read from first, and I'll unpack it. So 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 19. So, for, oh, so from now on, we do not regard anyone according to the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we do not regard him as such from now on. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. All this has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the word to himself, not counting their sins against them, and has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. So, like I said, the one verse... I don't think people quite grasp the meaning of is verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Look, all things have become new. So clearly we're, we're reading here and it's in, in regards to us. It's, it's in regards to people. Because prior to that, it says, so from now on, we do not regard anyone according to the flesh. So what would regard somebody... Um, regard anyone according to the flesh, the flesh that controlled, the, the flesh which is sinful nature on display, right? The flesh, which until it's killed off, is eternally keeps us eternally separated from God. But we don't regard anybody. We don't see anybody from their past, right? That's the way fleshy creatures, right? Just look at today's uh, culture, cancel culture, right? Somebody has a perceived misstep, a perceived mistake, a perceived whatever, right? And only the perception has to be, right? What happened? No, we got, we got to come against them. We got to make sure that they never have a platform for anything ever again, pretty much in a nutshell. <clears throat> but we don't do that. We don't regard people according to the flesh anymore. Uh, what, what do we regard? What, do, what is it then? Right? New creation. You know what? According to flesh is sinner. Sinner and flesh is synonymous. Let me say that one more time for you. Sinner and flesh are synonymous. Which one are you? If you're in Jesus Christ, you're not a sinner. Right? I should have said 
sinner and saint, which one are you? All right, which one are you? Saint, sinner. You're only one or the other. You can't you can't be both. All right. There, there's no <clears throat> there's no such thing as dual nature. Okay. That's not the way God's kingdom work works. But brother, you don't know when I do sin. <clears throat> yeah, but God knows. And every time you ask him for forgiveness, he forgives you perfectly. I don't need to know about it. I just know the forgiveness and power of God. Amen. I know the power of him to completely make a new creature. He did it with Paul. He did it with me. Right? I was literally one way. I was one once upon a time terrorizing my family. And that, by the way, is no joke and nor an understatement. But I was doing that one time. <clears throat> Came to Christ Jesus. Boom. No longer. Just like that. Does that mean now I'm the perfect husband? Does that mean now I'm the perfect dad? No. Does that mean no longer mess up? Nope. How often does Dave mess up? Well, every day. How how often does David mess up and and with his kids every day? But does that make David any less of a saint? Does that make me a sinner? Absolutely not. Why? Because I can rest. I can rest in this this knowledge, this by faith that I have of God's complete forgiveness of me. And I see the fruits evident in my life. Maybe though, let, let's just pause here. <clears throat> maybe, maybe you don't think you're a saint because you're not a saint. Maybe you're not walking with fruits worthy of the calling of saint. I didn't say justified by works. But are there any fruits that you truly have been justified? Are there fruits that you are sanctified? In other words, living a new life. You're not doing the same over and over. It's a wash, rinse, repeat cycle. Some sort of addiction controlling your life. Some sort of sin in control of your life. That's where a sinner comes into. Which one controls you? Not, oh, I messed up. No. What controls you? And how do we know that? By the, by the fruits or the works or the deeds that are evidenced in our life. Not perfection, by the way. You know, you know one of those things is humility. Realizing that when we mess up, we can say, I messed up. Humility. Willing to repent and ask for, for God's forgiveness. When we do that, there's a fruit right there. You see, people people who don't, don't walk according to the Spirit, but they walk according to the flesh, they don't, they don't think they've done stuff wrong. They don't see a need to ask for forgiveness. Right? They'll just continue uh, with a cycle of whatever it is that they're doing wrong. It's not going to stop. And I pray that that's not you. But if you, if, it, if it is you, I want you to let you know the good news that you have a high priest in heaven, Jesus Christ. All you got to do is come through him. Guess what? All of it gets washed away. Boom. May we have to suffer some some earthly consequences? Yeah. You know, whatever whatever man sows, he reaps. Sure. But regardless of what we may reap on the side of heaven, if we are in Jesus Christ, we can rest assured that we won't suffer eternal torment in hell. We won't suffer eternal uh, damnation and eternal separation from God. I mean, son of Sam, circling back to the serial killer I mentioned who, who became a Christian, a born-again believer. You know, people asked him, hey, why don't you appeal your decision so, so that while you're on, you know, you're on death row? Why don't you appeal that decision? He's like, no, 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 I'm going to get what I deserve. But at least 
You know why he could say that too? Because he knew, I believe. I believe part of him, part of that assurance was his assurance where he was going to end up in eternity. If you're in Christ Jesus, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have that assurance too. No matter what. All right? No matter what. If you're not in Christ Jesus, you don't have that assurance. Don't you want that assurance today? If you want that assurance today, you know what? I urge you to con to, to get with a, a local church. Um, I, I urge you to go in their doors, um, go to a church service, or at the very least, if you can meet with a member there. And um, if you're in the Corpus Christi, Texas area, right here. Um, but if not, then that's what I urge you to do. And... And hey, confess your sins and come before it. Let someone lead you to, to salvation. If you're not able to do that, then you can pray wherever you're at, whenever you're at. That didn't make any sense. You can pray wherever you're at, right? Whenever. And that's how you can come to Jesus Christ. Now, that made a lot more sense. Um, so I'm not going to go much longer today. I just wanted to get this message of, of hope out to everybody. And I pray that this bless you and I pray that you like it. And share it. So click that thumbs up button. Click that. Hey, tomorrow I got a wonderful interview coming up for you. <clears throat> You're going to be encouraged by this. Uh, Rachel McCants. Um, tomorrow. Uh, you're going to want to hear her story. And how that propelled her to be motivated. And what she does for Jesus. And for her fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Every single day. You're going to blow your mind. All right. So be there. Watch this uh, episode tomorrow. Watch this interview. All right, most likely Wednesday, most likely I'll probably be talking about total depravity. What does that mean? How does that apply? Well, be there. So if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button. All right, for those of you who have subscribed to the channel, God bless you. Love you. Oh, real quick, by the way, the show is now on Instagram. So go on to Instagram, look up Restoring Your Voice. Hey, give the show a follow. All right, you'll be encouraged by what's posted there daily. Um, so with that, I'm out. God bless you all. Also, the Instagram link is, is, uh, on the YouTube, uh, channel there up at the top where, where the links are usually posted. But with that, I'm out for today. Be blessed.